listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Hour two of Miller and Moulton on this Football Friday. Football Friday. Our poll question has been up. We haven't promoted it at all, but it's actually been up for an hour, and it's very simply, so who's going to win? What's Super Bowl 58 matchup going to end up being Monday morning? Go to that, Mark Miller, the David Moulton, FloridaSportsNetwork.com, and vote accordingly. We just had Gary Danielson on because 40 years ago, the Lions and the Niners met in the playoffs, San Francisco winning 24-23. And, you know, we're fortunate enough, Mark, and I'm, you know, arguably even more fortunate because I've gotten to work and know these two quarterbacks. But it's interesting, before we get to the starting five, that Gary Danielson and Troy Aikman both talk about arguably the two most crushing losses of their career as actually the games that they're most proud of. Gary just reminisced about, he threw five interceptions in that 24-23 loss, four of them in the first half, and yet earned more praise from his team and around the league for how he played in the second half. He played really well in the second half. He was going toe-to-toe with Montana in the fourth quarter and put the Lions in position to win it. Joe Montana. And Gary's actually, you know, he wished he played better. They Niners kind of out-schemed him in the first half. He still doesn't know two or three of the interceptions he threw, how in the world they were picked off. He's like, guys shouldn't have been there. How are they there? And he credits Seifert and Walsh and the Niners for basically out-scheming him. But Aikman's has said the game he's most proud of is the NFC title game he lost to the Niners. He throws a pick six early. They're down 21-0 on the road. And they came back and cut it to three in the fourth quarter against maybe the best Niners team of all time, that 94 team. And if you talk to Troy, and he has said it publicly, so I'm not letting out a state secret or anything, but he has said it's actually the game that he is most proud of that they thought that they showed their championship quality as much in that loss as in any game that they played during their run. And you could tell from Gary, you know, I mean, Gary wished Murray made the kick, but he he really wouldn't have taken the five picks back. He, he's proud the fact that he played through that, and he was out playing Joe Montana in the fourth quarter of a playoff game on the road. And obviously felt he needed to say something to the team before the second half. No, I mean, but they're, not everybody does that. Well, first off, how many quarterbacks would have gotten benched? And so, but yeah, I mean, you know, he said, hey, at halftime, I said to him, like, listen, I'm not going anywhere, you know, just so you know. I mean, I'm not going to get soft on you guys. And so 40 years later, Lions take their shot in Frisco. It was a busy sports day yesterday. Let's get right to it. It's time for... The Starting Five, five stories you need to know. It's The Starting Five on Miller and Moulton. Here's number one. In a bit of a surprise, the Bucks lose their offensive coordinator after just one year. Dave Canales, named head coach of the Carolina Panthers. He gets a six-year deal. He'll turn 43 in May. The connection, Dan Morgan, who's now running the show in Carolina, spent many years in the Seahawks front office. Canales spent many years as a coach 
in Seattle. Raheem Morris, he was interim coach of the Falcons three years ago, went four and seven. The former Tampa Bay Bucks head coach gets another shot. Head coach in Atlanta. He beat out 13 other candidates for the job, including Bill Belichick. Eagles officially hired Vic Fangio as defensive coordinator. Debo Samuel practiced with the Niners yesterday. Limited, but he practiced. And Mark, did you hear the story? Patriots wide receiver Kayshawn Butte arrested for illegal sports betting while he was at LSU. Bet six, at least six games, at least six times bet on LSU football. Over a 13-month period from April of 22 to May of 23, he stopped gambling right after he was drafted in the sixth round by the Patriots. Mark, they say he used an alias to make 8,900 bets in Uh 13 months. His alias was his name. His usernames were not that suspicious. Kind of like ESPN with the fake Emmys? Right. Uh, 17 bets on college football, including six LSU games when he was playing for them. Yeah, that's a no-no. By the way, Ravens four-point favorite over the Chiefs. Some places it's three and a half. That's the three o'clock game Sunday, 6.30. Niners seven-point favorite over the Lions. Home teams in the conference championship games have won eight of ten on both sides. Big upset in the Australian Open. Djokovic taken out in four sets in the semis by 22-year-old Italian Sinner. Sinner to face the winner of Zarev and Medvedev. Zarev is up two sets to one. The women's final is set. Second seed Sabalenka against the 12 seed Zhang. NBA. The Celtics shot 64%. They hit 22 threes. They embarrassed the Heat in Miami. 143-110. That's five losses in a row for the Heat. By the way, the Knicks embarrassed the Nuggets at the Garden. 122-84. T-Wolves have the best record in the West. They beat Brooklyn 96-94. Sockham with the triple-double for the Pacers, 12 better than the Sixers. Sacramento held off Golden State, 134-133. Wizards fired their head coach, Wes Unsell Jr., yesterday. College Hoops, only one-ranked team. They were on the road. We called it Oregon State outright. Forget the 18 points. Outright. 83-80 at the buzzer. In-state, JU a loser. North Florida a winner. FGCU lost by 26 at home to Lipscomb. Give up 58 points in the second half. Ouch. Stetson edge Austin P 83-82. FIU a loser at Western Kentucky. On the women's side, Florida State's ranked. They lost to Duke by 42 yesterday. A good one. Top 10 matchup. South Carolina remained unbeaten. They're 18-0. They beat LSU in Baton Rouge 76-70. Miami gave North Carolina a run. Tar Heels are ranked. Miami lost 66-61. Winners on the women's side. FGCU, FIU, Stetson. Losers, FAU, JU, North Florida, and the Gators. Hockey. Kucherov with a goal and two assists. Stamkos, a goal and assist. One of those was his 1,100th point in the NHL. His power play goal last night was artistry by the Tampa Bay Lightning. They had the puck on the string for 15 seconds, just zipping it around, and Stamkos finally finishes it with a one-timer. Man, was it a thing of beauty. Lightning doubled up the Coyotes 6 
three. Patrick Waz returned to Montreal, ruined by a late Canadian's goal, 4-3 over the Islanders. Wing shut out the Flyers, 3-0. Carolina edge Jersey, 3-2. The Edmonton Oilers have won 15 in a row. Franchise record, no Canadian teams ever had a longer winning streak, 3-0 over Chicago. Baseball news, Texas adds righty reliever David Robertson, who's been really effective the last few years, except when he got traded to the Marlins. Then, for whatever reason, he pitched badly. He'll be 39 in April. He signed a one-year deal for $11 million. That's pretty good work if you can get it. And Arizona signed Jock Peterson, one-year, $9.5 million. He was an all-star two years ago. Last year, eh, not so much. Mark, have you heard Anthony Kim? Remember the golfer Anthony yeah. Kim? Yeah. We had him on the show when he was a young up-and-comer. Norman had him at the Shark Shootout. Invited Anthony Kim before he really broke through. Yeah, that was a long time ago. He has not played on the PGA Tour in 12 years. He wants to come back. He's actually weighing an offer from LIV. He's 38 years old and hasn't played a competitive round of golf in 12 years. Uh, Steven Yeager, 12 under, is a one-shot lead. We're midway through the Farmers Insurance Classic at Torrey Pines. See, CBS has to have the golf over by Saturday night because they got that AFC Championship game Sunday. See, And uh, Nellie Corda and Lydia Ko in Bradenton are tied for the lead at six under in the uh, drive-on championship. And at 10 minutes after the hour, that was... That was the starting five every weekday morning at this time on Miller and Moulton. So a little abbreviated version there, but I think we hit most of the notes. Got the Cliff Notes version there, did you? Yeah, yeah I think so. I think so. I can pass uh, the test off of that. I think you can. You could pass it. I don't know if you can ace it, okay? And, you know, maybe you can get a B. Off of what I just gave you. Well, what grading scale are we going with? Are we doing the plus, the minus? We're doing like we're know? doing the Michigan grading scale. We're a nineties and A, damn it. <laughs> None of this ninety-three crap. <laughs> was eighty a B? By yeah. the way, does that mean uh, eighty was a B? Wow. B I, I mean, B. we did the minuses thing, but yeah, eighty was a B wow. minus. Eighty to eighty-three was a B minus. Unbelievable. That makes seventy to seventy-three was a C minus. That makes so much more sense though. Not anything above a 90s and A, 80s is the B, 70s a C. Yeah, just come on. What what are we Man, doing here? I might have actually gotten into Rutgers with that grading scale. Man, that would have been fantastic. <laughs> um, which one are you more surprised about? Dave Canales to Carolina, Raheem Morris to Atlanta. Or are you equally as surprised? Equally surprised because of the whole Raheem Morris being the interim interim coach. In Atlanta. I mean, they had him there, and it's right. three years later, we made a mistake. Or upon further review, we're going to give you a shot. That one just seems odd to me. But they both are surprise hires. I'm not as surprised in Carolina because it seems that they're – I don't think any of the big-name coaches wanted Carolina. I, I don't Maybe think not. it was. I don't think it was a matter of – uh, they couldn't hire Vrabel. I don't think Vrabel wanted to work for him. Well, what surprised me was was that Vrabel was supposed to have a second interview yesterday. And by lunchtime yesterday, Canales was hired. So did that second interview even take place? You know, that's that's what I want to know. 
But I will say it looks like Carolina is trying to do. Remember John Lynch lined up with Kyle Shanahan? I mean, they're lining Dan Morgan and Dave Canales up together here and giving them a six-year deal, which was exactly what San Francisco did seven years ago. They brought Lynch and Kyle Shanahan in, both in a job they'd never had before, and gave them both six-year contracts. And obviously, that's worked out pretty well. Now we'll see if Dave Tepper can just stay the heck out of the way and stop screwing up his organization. Just give the man an ice bucket, shut the sweet door, and tell him not to communicate with anybody. (laughs) Stop throwing drinks at fans. Either that or let them throw them back. One or the other. That's all we ask. Trent Bally and the play of the day. Coming up on Miller and Moulton. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes past the hour. Pat Kerwin will join us at the top of the hour. We had Gary Danielson on about 45 minutes ago. Last time the Lions and Niners met in the playoffs was 40 years ago, the divisional round. Gary Danielson against Joe Montana, 24-23 Niners. Last second field goal missed by Eddie Murray in Detroit, or otherwise they would advance to the NFC Championship game. Gary reminisced, talked about overcoming adversity in the game. He threw a bunch of interceptions early. He played a really good fourth quarter, and the Lions nearly won. And now, you know, hometown guy that he is, he's, he's rooting for Detroit in a big way. On Sunday, he thinks they match up pretty well. He thinks both teams feel that they match up well against the other. Do you agree with that sentiment, by the way, that if you're the Niners, you go, ooh, I kind of like this matchup. If you're the Lions, you go, I kind of like this matchup. David, I think the Niners like every matchup they have unless it's against the Baltimore Ravens right now. (laughs) Okay, Okay, that's the first thing. I, I don't think there's a matchup that the Niners feel is a bad matchup for them. I think everything is on... How healthy Samuel is that? I mean, that is that's well, the most important part of their offense for this game. I also think it's important to note that I think Detroit, a couple, I heard a couple national pundits making this case this week that Detroit might be more dangerous on the road. And I know you guys aren't big on the whole home field advantage thing either way, but this coach, I mean, there's not there's not a single coach of the other 31 in the NFL right now that you'd rather have to be in this spot. A, a franchise that's been this battered, beaten, scarred, and you're going on the road as a seven-point underdog. You, you want Dan Campbell in that spot. So I think from that aspect, David, 100% Detroit likes this matchup because they're looking at him saying, hey, let's get some pressure on Purdy. No one believes in us, even though, you know, it's not the Kirby Smart version of that. But The thing that I would feel good about as a Lions fan – there's one guy on your team who has experience in this game, but it's arguably the most important guy. It's a quarterback. And he's played this game on the road. He went to New Orleans yes. and outplayed Drew Brees. Now, they should have lost. That was a horrendously missed call at the end of regulation. The Saints should have kicked the field goal, won it at the end of regulation. But Jared Goff outplayed Drew Brees in New Orleans in an NFC championship game and led the Rams to victory. So if you got to have one guy, Mark, with experience in this situation, 
it's probably pretty good. It's the quarterback, right? 100%. By the way, wasn't Dan Campbell on the Saints staff at that time? I believe so. He must have been. Wow. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, who who else would you want to have experience other than your quarterback? It's the most important position, obviously. he's He doesn't seem that he he's I don't want to say he's unflappable because I don't you know I mean I every every quarterback every player has the ability right. to get sure nervous in a spot but you have to look at golf with what he's gone through in his career and say pressure wise I don't know how much the mo- this moment gets to him at all well and also it's a little thing and yeah okay it's been a couple years but you know he used to play this team twice a year you know, he's played in this building, you know, four or five times before. Also, the Niners haven't drastically changed their defensive style of play over the years. Even going from Salah to, you know, D- D'Amico Ryans to Steve Wilkes. I mean, it's still a 4-3, 4-2-5. It's, you know, they play a lot of zone in the secondary. They don't blitz a lot. I mean, the defense has not radically changed since Goff was with the Rams. So, you know, if I'm a Lions fan, Goff should be as comfortable as you could be in this spot, I would think, based on his past experience. Uh, Gary said something interesting in which he said, you know, hey, if I had to look back, we threw the ball more than we should have 40 years ago. I threw 38 times. Probably should have been more like 28. And, you know, I both, all three of us watched the Lions last week against Tampa and at various times in the game thought, wow, Detroit's throwing it a lot. I thought they'd run it a little more. Now, when it was money time, they ran it. But you're exactly and, right, David. On first down in particular, the Lions were throwing the ball a lot, and a lot of that had to do with the Bucks blitz. When you've got yeah. Laporta, St. Brown, and Gibbs, it's easy to get the ball out quickly, and Goff's been great to his credit. But you're exactly right. they got to try to establish the run against San Fran. Well, and not just establish the run, be committed to the run. It's very easy for coordinators to have a couple of first down runs that don't get anything and abandon first down runs. And now you've put your team, you've thrown a complete passion behind the chains. Now we're throwing the whole game. It's not just running the ball. It's committing to the run. And I think Detroit will do that. Niners defensive tackles against the interior of the Lions offensive line, which got banged up last week. The one guard's going to be out. Now the replacement has played. And he's a decent replacement, but still not the starter. Rag now, not going to be 100%. Niners have two very good defensive tackles. To me, that's where, Mark, if I'm the Niners, I need to create a pressure point up the middle. All right. And to me, that's the key because I like the Lions' tackles against the Niners' edges, even though I know one of the edges is Bosa. I don't know if there's a tackle playing any better in the NFL right now than Panay Sewell. He's devouring everyone who lines up against him. By every Man, metric, he's the number one tackle in football I, this season. And so, if I'm the line, I'm being. If I'm San Francisco, I'm moving Bosa to the other side. Uh, seriously, I'm getting him away from Sewell. That's the toughest matchup right now for an edge rusher in the league. Is Panay Sewell? I'm putting him on the other side as often as I can, or lining him up even in the middle putting some speed up against their interior linemen. But so if I'm the Lions, I like my tackles. 
in this game, even up going up against Chase Young and, and Bosa. But I, curious who wins the battle in those middle two, three gaps, Mark. Well, that and you wonder, too, game. how much stunting they'll do back around for a Bosa to try to get him through the middle with the pressure and then and looping guys back through and, and even occasionally blitzing back through the middle. Because what does that do, David? That puts the quarterback in a tough spot. If you're able to pressure up the middle, that puts your quarterback in a very difficult spot. And by the way, Bosa, Chase Young, and Taylor Decker, who might potentially be on either one of those guys, all from Ohio State. They're all Buckeyes, just for what it's worth. And can the Lions O-linemen get to the Niners linebackers at all? Because those two guys are really good. And they're sideline to sideline players. And there aren't a bunch of linebackers like that anymore. And, and I mean, I the overly simplistic thing, both these teams turned, you know, took, got a couple of takeaways. That's Can the Lions get Because to me, the Lions don't win unless they can get a takeaway. And if they rattle Purdy... I mean, uh, look, Brock Purdy's been great at being a game but, manager and for what that team needs. But if they rattle his cage, he unravels. But catch that ball that he throws away. Yes. I mean, you know, that that dropped interception, you've got to have. Because to me, Detroit, I don't know if Detroit can win this without winning the turnover battle. We'll make our picks next hour. Right now it is time for the play of the day. Trent, what do you have? So two days in a row we go to another country for the old play of the day. We're going down under. To the Australian Open. This match began at 3.30 a.m. Eastern Time, but I was tuned in. Very possibly the greatest of all time, Novak Djokovic, taking on number four, Yannick Sinner, the Italian. Sinner got him in four sets. He won the first two. Joker wins the third set in a tiebreaker. Sinner won the final set 6-3, and here's how match point sounded from Melbourne. And in doing so, it becomes the only Italian player in history to reach an Australian Open singles final. Little tough to hear with the thunderous crowd, but if you couldn't, Sinner is the first Italian in an Australian Open singles final. He's the first individual ever to beat Djokovic in the semifinals in the Australian Open. And there is your Molly Maid play of the day. Sinner-sational. <laughs> Look at you, New York Post headline writer. Well done. <laughs> 239-774-5839. That's the number for Molly made. Call today. Give your spouse the gift of a clean house. You want it. She wants it. We all want it. And by want it, you mean Molly made. Exactly. Just, just want to make that point abundantly clear. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. 22 minutes till the top of the hour. Pat Kerwin will join us at the top of the hour. We'll look back at all the news yesterday in the NFL. Carolina and Atlanta. A couple of surprise hirings, at least to many. And then we'll talk about who's going to get the Washington and Seattle jobs. Although most people feel it's already a foregone conclusion in both places. The future of Bill Belichick. Oh, yeah. And we'll preview the NFC and AFC championship games with Pat Kerwin coming up in about 20 minutes time. We've put our poll question up. Just uh, who you think is going to play in the Super Bowl. We've got the four choices up right now. Over 70% of you have the Ravens winning. 
And about as just as many of you have them playing the Lions as have them playing the Niners. Ooh. Go to that Mark okay. Miller, the David Moulton, or Florida Sports Network on Twitter or FloridaSportsNetwork.com. How much of that is fandom? The Michiganders along the west coast of Florida coming out of the woodwork. How much of that is I mean, the Lions are the most popular sentimental team left all the surveys that are being done right now as to you know who it is that you're rooting for because let's face it most people watching don't have a rooting interest in the game so they have to pick a team and they are all in on this Detroit story at this moment in time David I can safely say that the Detroit Lions are America's team David at this moment in time won't be for long but right now in the moment they're America's team Everybody's a Lion fan today, David. Well, Mark, they have won as many playoff games in the last two weeks as the so-called America's team has won in the last 10 years. Then there's that. I got to give you this little factoid. I saw this this morning. I've been waiting for a time to put it in because Djokovic lost overnight. If you're just waking up, he lost his semifinal match, so he will not be in the Australian Open final. David, the last time... That Federer, Nadal, or Djokovic failed to reach the Australian final. George W. Bush had just begun his second presidential term. The iPhone, YouTube, and Twitter didn't exist. What are we talking, 05? Yeah. Djokovic and Nadal had yet to win a major. Wow. I'm curious. Was the 05 Australian Open final? I mean, was that Agassi? I mean, do, does it say who the two were? No, in the tweet it didn't, but it? I, I, will, I will look it up. Because that was like the last big year of Agassi's career. So, wow. Nearly 20 years since either Federer, Nadal, or Djokovic has not been in the men's final down under. That's remarkable. Murat Safin won the men's title. He beat Federer, okay. right? Big Russian. Or no, he didn't beat Federer. My no, he beat Leighton Hewitt. Ah, there you go. Two guys there I've never go. heard of, to be honest. Hewitt I'm, was pretty good player. I'm a huge tennis guy. I've never heard and of him. And he was bit. an Aussie. Okay, so, the, you know, he tried desperately. I think he made the final two or three times. He was trying desperately to, you know, because an Aussie hasn't won, I think, since – you got to go back to the great, you know, era of the 60s and 70s when they had Newcomb and, you know, Laver and, and, and quite a few others that were winning uh, majors. So the crowd was in Andy Murray, Wimbledon territory? Yes. 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 So hot damn, nearly 20 years. I'll be damned. Well, we talked about it on the women's side, you know, when Serena came and went a couple of years ago that, you know, what an error this is, and when are we going to see anything like it? Well, Federer's gone, Nadal's all but gone, and Djokovic's 36. So, we shall see. The other semifinal, by the way, in a fifth set. So, we'll let you know who wins for the 13 of you that care before the end of the show. Come on! 15? Well, you're one of the 13, so get in line. Let's go 16. That's Jared Goff's number. Gary Danielson also wore 16. 
Um, all right. Let's start at 3 o'clock. Chiefs, Ravens, Baltimore, either three and a half or four-point favorite, depending on where you look. Uh, AFC home teams have won eight of the last ten conference championships. Bengals two years ago, a winner. Patriots five years ago, a winner. Both times against the Chiefs. Wouldn't it be ironic if Kansas City could win one on the road? I love this matchup for Baltimore. I do. I think their pass rush will get to Mahomes. It's versatile. It can come at you from many different places and from many different people. And I think that they will wear down the Chiefs up front. The Ravens don't give up big plays. I'm not sure the Chiefs have many people to get big plays. And I don't think, Mark, that you can systematically drive the ball down the field on the Ravens enough to win. I love Baltimore in this game unless Lamar and company screw it up. I, I I love Baltimore in this game. I can't bet them enough. And I love Kyle Hamilton one-on-one against Kelsey because you can't zone Kelsey. He'll catch 15 balls if you zone him. You have to go man-to-man, at least underneath. And Kyle Hamilton might be the best safety to cover a Kelsey in the league. I love the Ravens in this matchup. Love them. Well, when I look at this game, I don't think you're wrong. But uh, the one thing that I've noticed in, in getting ready for this game is that Baltimore, as David said, can get to the quarterback with four, and they change up how they blitz linebackers. They... At the same time, even though he's talking about Hamilton being in the man, they zone most of their linebackers. So what that means is if Mahomes steps up in the pocket, he doesn't have the ability to run like he does on other teams when they were going in man. I think the Ravens' defense is the one defense remaining that you would consider a matchup nightmare. I know the Chiefs are on par if you look at every single stat or every single metric, but that Ravens' defense, like you said, Mark, the ability to – get to the quarterback only rushing four the other huge the other side of this is Kansas City's offense has taken off against two completely depleted defenses I, I you can't discount the fact that Miami and in Buffalo were not playing with a full defense 100 percent also defenses that up front couldn't do anything. Could not do anything. The only way the Dolphins got pressure, they brought the house. And Buffalo didn't get any pressure at all. Now, you could argue whether or not that's a springboard for Kansas City to an offense that has struggled this year to get the two playoff games and sort of take off from there. But I'm with you. Valdez Scantling better catch the long balls thrown to him again, which he doesn't normally do. I love the way Rice is playing. Pacheco's banged up. I still think we get a really close game. Baltimore 27, Kansas City 24. So you're going to take the points. I'm taking the points in Patrick Mahomes. Is that because of that 9-0-1 ATS stat? Is that why you're taking the points? That, I've got a ref that favors road teams. 
Worst covering percentage for home teams in the league is when this referee's there. David, he just brought up your nugget from yesterday, your Italy nugget. Chicken nugget. It is. The refs. I do love it when the two nuggets okay, <laughs> join forces and form the L. Well, it's so much easier to dip that nugget. Yes. Oh, it's amazing. Yes. Excuse me, I need another uh, packet of sauce. I know you only get two. I, I, I need a third. Charge me. I, you had too many uh, Italy's in the thing. I just They were too big. I needed more sauce. I like the Ravens. I'm laying the points. Uh, I like the 27, by the way. I, I could see Baltimore getting there. I'm going to go 27-17. Uh, Ravens over the Chiefs. I think Baltimore just wears them down. I think Kansas City does a little something early, but I think that Baltimore just at the point of attack wears them down. All right. This could also be, by the way, where, you know, this is third playoff game for Chiefs. This is second playoff game for Baltimore. This could come back and, you know, the legs for the Chiefs up front defensively. Yeah, it could be a little figure more fatigue than uh, Baltimore. Okay, here we go. Here's the money game. Here it is. America's team, the Detroit Lions, getting seven in San Francisco. Listen, I love the points. I said that Monday, and if the Niners can beat them by more than seven, I tip my hat to them. And say, you know what? Well done, boys. Good job. I love the points. To me, the only question mark is, is Detroit going to win? Because I'm pretty sure they're going to cover. Three, four, six. I, I, I'm pretty sure they can lose by that margin. The question is, will they beat them? Because can they beat them? Of course they can. Will they? I don't think so. I think they will walk off the field, Mark, the way Gary and the Lions walked off the field 40 years ago going, wow, we really had them. We had a shot. Damn. You're going to hate this. 27-26 Niners. Ouch! A two-point conversion gone awry. Oh, God. I have spent this entire week trying to figure out a way to pick the Detroit Lions. Trying to figure out where they're better than San Francisco. They're better at the offensive line. Their offensive line's better than the Niners. It is. Their quarterback plays equal. I believe that. I, I, I believe their quarterback play is equal. I agree, at least. But even though St. Brown's a great receiver, I think that's a push. When you add in Samuel on the other side, if it, it, everything to me is depending on how healthy he is. If, Detroit, if he's 50% and the Lions hit him early and he can't play and, and walks off the field, then I'm wrong about my pick. These two teams are very... They almost mirror each other player for player if you go down the line series. I mean, the, the Niners have that extra receiver. 
the the Niners linebackers are far better. Oh yes, but I'm I'm saying on offense, yeah, even I mean, even Laporta and Kittle and Kittle, they're close. There's a lot of areas, but the Niners defensively are just better. They are, they are. much better, much better. Here's here's something. Tell me, like the Lions secondary has really struggled the last four games. I mean, they're th- three and one in their last four giving up 347 yards passing a game. 347 yards passing. Three of those games at home. And what's Campbell talked about all week? The importance of stopping the run. He has said flat out that the most important thing is stopping McCaffrey and stopping the run, which the Lions will have to do. And they have done, to their credit, mostly. But McCaffrey's a different animal. McCaffrey's a different animal. The Niners are a different animal. I've never wanted to be more wrong. 34-24 San Francisco. I think it's closer than that. I do think that experience in this moment will help the Niners. This is the fourth time in five years that they've played in this game. Detroit's never played in it before. And I think it's going to be close, and it's going to be close in the final hour. And I do think the Niners, having been in this spot before, will help them. Pretty interesting. You guys differ on on both games. Mark has the Chiefs to cover and the Niners to cover. David has the Ravens and the Lions. But we both have the same two teams winning. You have the same result, but the spread, you know, this is what gets interesting for all you keeping score at home. Follow along this weekend. Team Miller or Team Moulton? Who are you? Uh, he's so fired up. Oh, he uh, can't contain himself. He's bouncing off walls right now. You guys are I mean, regretting he... giving me an on button for my microphone. Not at all. Just shut up. I off. love the fandom. <laughs> I hope it's there on Monday. I hope you are just coming in on a euphoric high Monday morning. I, I guess I've never wanted to be more wrong, but I think it's going to be San Francisco and Baltimore, I think they're the two best teams. I think they've been that way for a while, and I think that's what we see in the Super Bowl. We will find out what Pat Kerwin thinks. He is next to talk NFC and AFC championship game on Miller and Moulton.